0: But having that like humility also makes you better because then you're like what what else can I do to be become better and there's no stagnation so there's this 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 focus on like never ending growth and always wanting to be your best
1: you know Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur show my name is Mike Flynn and I am honored to be your host Our mission here on the Impact Entrepreneur Show is not just to inspire you, but also to help you tap into and begin to believe in your God-given potential and purpose. That's right, baby. We want you to not only be inspired, but experience breakthrough. And we do that on this podcast by interviewing incredible people who are using their experiences, their skill set, their platforms to have a game changing impact in the lives of others. And here's the thing none of these folks are simply sitting back, living a life of leisure. They have things to do, places to go, and lives to impact. Speaking of that, Last week we heard from Kelly Clements. I don't know about you, but I listened to that episode a couple of times. Anyway, like I said in that episode, I met her at an event and guess what? I met this week's guest, Dr. Isaac Jones at the very same event. Now, Dr. Jones is the world's leading expert in high-performance concierge healthcare. As a successful entrepreneur and owner of three different companies, he is a trusted advisor and high-performance consultant to CEOs and leading entrepreneurs around the world. Not only does he do incredible work for entrepreneurs, but he has also received accolades from the United Nations for the work he did with the royal family in Saudi Arabia. Additionally, he is part of a mastermind group that includes the likes of Sanjay Gupta and Jeff Arnold, the CEO of Sharecare.com, who sold WebMD for $7.6 billion with a B dollars. We cover a lot of ground in today's episode, but the heart of our conversation is revolving around how you and I can set ourselves up for sustainable success in 2018. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, and brace for impact. Dr. Isaac Jones, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, my brother. I am super pumped. This has been a long time in the making, so welcome to uh, the show.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. I look forward to adding a ton of value for your listeners.
1: Yeah, just so our listeners have a little, be- a little bit of background, you and I first connected at Pete Vargas's Advance Your Reach uh, Summit in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, in uh, May of 2017. And you were sitting in the row right in front of me. And I was like, hey, yeah. You were like, I'm, I'm uh, Dr. Isaac Jones. And I'm like, hey, you know, have you ever heard... There's this guy named Isaac Jones who has a podcast called Superhuman Entrepreneur. Have you ever <laughs> heard of him? <laughs> and you're like, um, that's me. <laughs> and your yeah. beautiful wife, Erica, was there as well. And it was a, it was a good friendship. At first sight, so yeah, that was
0: fun. That was a funny experience. I remember. I remember that. I've had a lot of random people ask me about um, Superhuman Entrepreneur by by my face. They're like, "Are you the guy that runs Superhuman Entrepreneur?" But I've never had somebody ask it the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was it was great. And again, I I, uh, I'm excited to take all of the knowledge and wisdom that I've gained from. All of the interviews that I've done with top health experts at on superhuman entrepreneur uh, and and all the research and all of the years of expertise that I've had in the high performance health space uh, for this for this interview.
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna crush it absolutely um, in the best way possible. But before we get into that, you know you're a young, successful guy that's doing what you love and and basically, that's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. Can be envious of that kind of a situation. A guy who's who's young, he's healthy, he's beautiful wife, beautiful family, doing what he loves. So before we get into like your family background and what makes you who you are, where does that drive come from? To hmm.
0: well, you know, it actually is. It, it's like it's like a, a mental and uh, I would say spiritual drive. Um, you know, there 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 are certain. Kind of things that I, I believe that every human being should have, I, I believe that they should have great health. I think that there should be a certain level of a quality of life that everyone should experience and with all of the you know big agricultural companies and the big pharma and there's so much legislation being passed that 's not really for uh, for people it's it 's really for for profits and my whole theory has been focusing on people before profits and creating a, a, a global health movement and transformation. And so, I've always had this vision uh, ever since I was a kid, um, being in the medical system, being you know taking all these different medications: Accutane for my acne, uh, Adderall for my ADHD. You know, all of these different types of medications, antibiotics when I was sick, et cetera. And then. Realizing that that system was broken and those medications actually weren't really helping me uh, getting to the root cause of the challenges that actually created the symptoms and the problems. Um, and, and that really opened my eyes to like, hey, there's a huge opportunity here um, because I had my health changed and transformed. And I saw that through this natural lifestyle, uh, these, these high-performance strategies, when you implement them, you know, you can overcome and you can access just unbelievable levels of human potential. And I want that for people and they don't need medications. They don't need all of these different things. And sure, medications are important for emergency situations, but like there needs to be a global health transformation that takes place in our thinking and the way that we are being in the world. And so... When I see statistics like one in every two people will get cancer, one in every two people will die from heart disease, one in every three people will die from cancer. And then when I see kids in particular, uh, you know, just 20 years ago, one in every 10,000 kids you know, were diagnosed with ADHD, or excuse me, with, with autism. And now it's like one in every 30-some in, in Japan, in Australia, or Australia and England. It's, it's even worse uh, here in America, it's one every 39 kids have have uh, autism. You know, there's something going on and nobody's really talking about it. And that's why I do events for doctors across the country. Um, that's why I coach and train, you know, literally now over a thousand doctors just, just last year alone on advanced health science and strategies to really reach people to help tr- uh, create transformation in their lives
1: you know you you just said a ton there that that like kind of we can unpack over the course of our conversation you you talked about the the food and the traditional medic, medical field both of which you know we have been taught to implicitly trust and not ask questions of right uh-huh. like um and and they've all taken advantage of that you talked about um your 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 childhood and some of the challenges that you faced and then you also talked about what you're doing to change the paradigm. So let's go back to the your childhood. What was it like growing up in the Jones family? You you had some some you had you have you had or have ADHD and you were prescribed this medication and, and so what was it like growing up?
0: You know, there's probably, you know, you're listening to this and you're probably, you know, can relate to what I'm about to say, um, which is I I knew that there was a higher level of of possibility and potential. I had a lot of love around me, a lot of like emotional support and, and encouragement. But there were just there was just a lack of like op- optimal mental capacity and physical capacity. And I was tired on a regular basis. I had brain fog. I was academically suffering, and and things that I knew shouldn't be were happening in in a way that was frustrated it frustrating me, I felt like I was in a cage, if you would, um, and so the medications could cover the symptoms, but they never actually got to the root cause and it wasn't until I actually worked on uh, I, I went to this one doctor te- did, did uh, testing on my gut on my brain, on my nervous system, completely transformed my health um, and and really all in natural ways and shifting you know the different types of uh, bacteria uh, in my body by, you know, prebiotic rich foods, probiotic rich foods in in uh, consuming healthier fats, you know, decreasing the amount of sugars, and then certain micronutrients that I needed to take. I was taking, uh, we found certain toxins in my body that I needed to get rid of that I, I got rid of those toxins. And it was just like a light turned on in my brain. And I went from being like a C student to like a straight A student that I can remember opening this one letter, uh, which showed that I I got accepted on international academic scholarship to move from Canada to the US to study at one of the top health and wellness universities in the world called Life University. And And then later on, while I was at school, I opened up another letter. I pull it out of this beautiful envelope and open it up. And sure enough, I'm on the national dean's list. I was the one kid in the school that the dean picked to be on the national dean's list for the university. So you go from, you know, literally being in special needs to take tests, because that's what I I had extra time to take tests while I had been diagnosed with ADHD. So I I went from being essentially in special needs to take tests to being on the national dean's list on international academic scholarship. Um, Mind you, I also have athletic scholarships that were offered to me as well. But Uh, I I wanted to study to be a doctor. So those are, you know, those are the the main, like that was like the main experience that I had and it all kind of really was created out of my mom's desire to want to, to help me. And that's where she was trying to get me to go to like all these different doctors. And that's when she stumbled upon this natural approach. And that's what,
1: what helped transform my health. It's so forward thinking on your mom's part, because I mean, you know, how old were you when that when you first started seeing the doctor?
0: Well, I I ended up getting diagnosed with like a mild form of ADHD when I was like younger in elementary school, but it was actually in high school. I was in like grade nine or 10 when my mom was like, this is enough. Like you got to get off your Adderall. You got to get off this and that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, Totally. When you think back to your time as a kid even when you were you know trapped as you said did you always have like this internal feeling that you were going to be successful and that you were yeah. created to do and be more Oh my gosh
0: yeah and that was instilled in me as a kid you know I grew up in in a a really awesome home where my mom would speak life into me you know mm. unfortunately you don't see a whole lot of that anymore where people are being encouraged that they can think and do the impossible. And so I've always grown up in a, it really, it was in a very poor uh, family, you know, uh, uh, in respect to the amount of money that, that we made. I didn't know any better. Cause I looked, I looked around us, we're living in North America. I thought we were super wealthy, but yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess when you've got seven kids and you're only making 38,000 or 35,000 Canadian, which is like 25,000 American a year, you're not like in the highest rung of uh, income earners in the <laughs> country. So, um, but, but my parents did such a great job raising me. And, and what they did give me was a lot of like encouragement and, and a lot of uh, self, you know, just a lot of, a lot of belief that I can go out and do whatever I want. And create what would whatever they say I to you?
1: Want. What would your mom say to you as a kid?
0: She, she told me that I could change the world. You know, she's like, Isaac, you can change the world. Like you can do whatever you put your mind to, you know, like you have the capability of impacting, you know, so many lives. And I'm just, whatever you put your mind to, you can, you can achieve. Like, those are the things that came out of her mouth. Where did that
1: come from? Where Where did that belief come from for herself?
0: Well, interestingly enough, like she just, she, she was, you know, she had a really rough life up to that point and her belief came from just really her own transformation spiritually um, in the church. So she went from uh, essentially having been abused and having all these challenges and being agnostic and not really having a lot of spiritual direction to having people who she didn't even know just pour into her and, and, and instill that, that same belief in her. And, and it all really stemmed from kind of the spiritual, you know, principles that, you know, Christ essentially taught. Um, and that's where she got her, like her, her new level of faith and confidence and really built this real strong, understanding of of what it means to like love other people what it means to encourage what it means to you know really and so she poured that new found understanding and belief system into me which you know which for me like literally is game changer because that's how i think and now i've i literally help like hundreds if not thousands of doctors over the last five years shift their perspective and mindset so that they can go out and achieve like incredible things and uh amazing, amazing feats. And and I've seen it happen. I mean, one of one of the first people I helped really create a vision for themselves just had their val their company valued at three hundred and forty million dollars.
1: Holy smokes, man.
0: Yeah. So so it's this isn't like fake stuff. Like it's not fluff, right? It's right. like, you know, let's go and encourage each other build each other up, help each other actually put meat on the bones of what, what we're talking about and then go out and actually create it. Like I, I just from this whole doctor's side of my business, we did over seven figures and that was just for me, like casting a vision to doctors, Mm -hmm. you know, casting a vision of what's possible. And so, you know, I, I could almost guarantee, you know, in five years to, you know, max 10 years, one of the businesses that I'll, I'll I'll be launching will be like a a nine figure into the hundred millions uh plus dollar business. So and this isn't just like again just an idea. Like we've got great strategy, we've got great support systems, we've got good logic, research behind everything that we're doing. So, you know, this is this is all about changing healthcare globally. Like if 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 you if you look at the pharma companies making 50 billion dollars off of like statin drugs, just one drug, and 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 people aren't thinking big enough that they can't build like a 100 million dollar company and these other companies are 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 literally like robbing people's pockets and insurance companies by putting a drug out there like statins that are that are that are literally driving like Alzheimer's disease and all these other other problems along with taking the drugs. I mean, you know, heart disease isn't caused by high cholesterol.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you're bringing up a lot of, uh, points that one of my listeners who actually is a life West graduate. Mm. Um, and so he, he knows of you. And one of the things that, that he asked, he he said, you know, it seems like a lot of professionals in that, in that come out of Life West or Palmer, any of these health and wellness schools typically set up a brick and mortar type shop, but you jumped right into the virtual practice coaching worldwide. So what was the process you followed to make that kind of a decision? And what would you say to someone like him, you know, two, three years out of school has the same kind of big vision that you? Yeah.
0: Wow. That's a great question. And I think for anybody listening that wants to build a business, the same steps or, or, or create like a successful even product line or whatever, the same steps I'm about to talk about is cross contextual. So, um, you know, the first thing is that you have to believe that you can actually create something. Like I was nervous because nobody had ever created like a virtual practice that I knew of that was like working with the Royal family in Saudi Arabia and like executives in Sydney and London, England and across Canada and Japan and in, in America. So I, I had to get creative. Like, what does this actually look like? How can I actually like create that? And I, I built the business off of free consultations and speaking at uh, either webinars or live events. So I would do either a webinar or I would do a live event. And that's how I built my business. And I just at the end of my presentation, I would say, hey, um, if you're interested in jumping on a 30-minute complimentary consultation with me, I'd love to add more value to you, and then see if you're interested in ordering lab tests or if you're interested in, um, you know, taking a questionnaire or whatever. So people would engage with me in these uh, these free consults, and then you know most of them would actually want to work with me. Um, so that was a really kind of crazy transition because I. I I I grew up in the in the doctorate world, l- learning how to run these multi million dollar health centers, and to transition to like a virtual practice. It actually was a little bit of a big hit on my ego because I was like, I have the capabilities of running a multi million dollar health practice, and you know I'm going out there and I'm. I, I think the first year we made one hundred seventy five thousand or something where when I, the practice that I came from, we were doing that in a month plus, right? So I was like, wow, this is, this is a little humbling. But at the same time, it was a blessing because it, it helped me create systems of excellence for the entrepreneurs I was working with, um, which I still work with. And, and like, I've got a whole company of people that are working with these entrepreneurs, which, are, w- which is really helping them take their health and vitality to the next level.
1: What's the story of of how you got to the royal family in Saudi Arabia?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. So I went and I did a webinar for a guy in England, and the person on that was listening in the webinar um, said, "Hey, you've got to meet uh, uh, Doctor Abbas, who is the the medical doctor to the, the the Prime Minister of Saudi Arabia," and so I'm like he's like, he asked me, it would just so happened that he asked this, this, this guy to present to him a health plan for um, the Royal family, but he wasn't qualified for it. And so he was like, I think you're more qualified. And so he's like, would you mind presenting to the, to the Royal family, uh, to Dr. Abbess? So I flew to London and I presented to Dr. Abbess and it was the funniest thing. Cause he's sitting there, we're in, the, we're in, um, this five-star hotel in London. Um, and, and I'm giving my, my presentation in front of him and everyone's in like a turban and stuff. And <laughs> there, there's zero emotion, like zero. And I'm like, this is not landing with them. Like they really hate me. Like <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is no, like, I'm definitely not getting this contract, you know? And, uh, and, 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 and right at the end, I'm like, so that's it. Like that's what I do for people. And, you know, still, like, real strict look on their face. Then Dr. Abbas stands up. I'm thinking he's just going to walk away. And he puts his hand in the air. He's like, this is what we need in Saudi. Like, he, like, screams it, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, (laughs) this is what you need in Saudi. So needless to say, I went to Riyadh a couple of times. And, um, you know, it was a a really great experience, so.
1: That is phenomenal. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, you kind of talked about looking at things a little bit differently. And that's what launched your virtual practice. So how does actually looking for opportunity outside of the traditional, typical industry channels work? And how should people uh, approach that in order to put them in a position to succeed?
0: Yeah, niche marketing, niche, you know, micro niching. You have to pick a niche and you have to like really... Focus on understanding that niche and then getting around them as much as you can. So, for me, because I'm serving entrepreneurs and working with entrepreneurs exclusively over the last eight years, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs uh, in one on one, like health consulting and high performance consulting. um, I've become like the world's expert in that. But when I first got started, I would tell people that I was like the entrepreneur's doctor and that I was like, the world one of the world's leading experts in high performance but the reality is i just created that for myself but i spoke that into existence right. and because i did that I, I attracted and i knew their language and the more people more entrepreneurs and executives i'd work with the more like i understood them and eventually it's just like natural like it's it, they just they kind of get attracted to me out of nowhere you know yeah. what I'm
1: saying? yeah there's this great quote um and I think it goes something like like this: Think as so, act as so, and so it shall be. But I actually like to to flip it around a little bit to say: Act as so, then you'll think as so. Yeah, and so it shall be. No,
0: totally. The ontological, which is the way of being, the ontological aspect of, being, of of creating, is is so important. Like if if actually I could come back and and reanswer that question, it would be. It would be like, who are you being in the world to create what you want to create, right? So, because because ultimately, like, if you don't believe that you can, and you're just throwing it out there, like there was a belief that I knew that I would be the best doctor in the world for entrepreneurs, and so that's that's the belief I put out there, and I've uh, I've created that because I also created a way of being of excellence where I was going to study from the top, you know, health experts. In the world on high performance. I was going to read all the books. I was going to, you know, surround myself with the top researchers. Uh, you know, the all of the things that you need to do in order to really be extremely successful uh in that in that world. So that's that's what I did. And and um, you know, there has to be this mindset and this way of being that is an integrity with what you're wanting to create. And although you you may feel like an imposter at first you have to continue to work your way into, uh, into, 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 into being a person that is also, is fully embracing, you know, that cause you'll never get to a hundred percent, right? Like even there's always doubt within everyone, even within me. Like I, I doubt like, well, you know, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, um, call myself the top entrepreneur's doctor because maybe there's somebody else out there that's, that's better. But having that like humility also makes you better. Because yeah. then you're like, what? What else can I do to be, become better? And right. there's no stagnation. So there's this 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 focus on like never ending growth and always wanting to be your best. You know.
1: What criticism have you faced along the way?
0: Well, I I I, I was signed up to go to an, a big event, um, this big health event, and um, I ended up getting kicked out of it, and I was like why did I like, they're like, yeah, we want to refund your ticket. So I, I called up the person that was putting on the event. I was like, so can you explain this to me? Like, why would you, why'd you, why would you want to do that? And, you know, there's just all this, this gossip that takes place when you start, you know, making a name for yourself. There's a lot of gossip and there's a lot of Uh, like mistruths. And, And when, when, when there's that without communication, then people think that it's true and they, they believe it. And then they, 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 so anytime you, you reach a certain level of success, there's going to be people talking about you and there's going to be people like pointing at you and saying, Oh, well, this person is, you know, associated with that person, which makes them like a bad person or whatever. Or like, oh, well, he got to be really successful because he cheated the system and he's like, it's it's just all like ridiculousness ultimately when it comes down to it. So for for me, my goal is to ultimately um, you know just be in integrity with with what I say, and I won't ever have to worry about, um, you know, any, anything. If I if I just stay in integrity with with what I'm what I'm up to, and the words that are coming out of my mouth and my actions, then I, I won't have to be. You know, even even when people come at me and say S, X, Y, and Z, it doesn't even bother me. Yeah. You know, it, it's to the point where actually it doesn't even bother me now because I know the truth. And if they want to talk to me about it, great. But I mean, it's just it is what it is. You know,
1: is that how you prevent the criticism or fear or failure or whatever from from clouding your vision,
0: yeah, it actually makes me want to like drive towards it even harder, you know like I'm like, okay well, I'm just gonna go and do what like people could maybe consider as as uh, like something that would be quote unquote impossible like yeah. I'm just gonna go out and and crush it like it, it just it, it helps me really like. Double, triple, quadruple down on that, you know?
1: This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. Have you ever read Andy Stanley's book, Visioneering? Yeah, that's a book I read a few years ago. It's a oh, great book. Phenomenal he's, book. He's, but he he's,
0: actually, he's actually my pastor. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's man. my pastor. I'm a leader at North Point Community Church uh, here in Atlanta. So.
1: That book, I just read that. I'm just finishing that book right now. Yeah, it's great. And that book is phenomenal. And what you just talked about is the whole chapter on being a moral authority mm, you know, and, yeah and making those decisions and and making the right decision and staying in integrity yeah. the whole time and um that that book is honestly like for people that are doing deep soul searching work on what their purpose and potential is in life, they need to read that book because it the way he unpacks it and the questions at the end of. Every chapter is just like so good for tilling the soil and removing yeah. the weeds. I mean, it's such a oh. tremendous book.
0: To, to be honest with you, I, I I need to reread that book. Yeah, you know, vision is is essentially um, what what's the definition of vision in that book again?
1: Well, basically, it's it's the, the visioneering is. There's a difference between a good idea and a vision, and you know, in in the story he tells is the story of Nehemiah who is a cupbearer to a, a foreign king and Nehemiah had this vision that God had put on his heart of basically rebuilding Jerusalem which had been torn down and all the miracles and everything uh, taken away so here's this guy who's a cupbearer to a foreign king who has no place asking to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem yeah you know and yet one day he is Sad, and he's in front of the king, and the king says to him, You know, Nehemiah, why are you sad? And so Nehemiah tells him, and then the king says, Well, what would you request that I do? And then he had the audacity to ask for resources for <laughs> protection, for a position as a governor, for all of these things, right? And and the reason why he wanted this to happen is because this current state of israel was an abomination to what god's promise was so yeah. he wanted to restore israel and that's what a vision is i personally believe that m- my purpose in life and why i'm going th- i'm going through like major uh major like revisioning of what god's mm-hmm. call in my life is yeah i believe that i'm literally Put on this earth to help other people identify what their purpose is. Mm. I believe I I believe that, and honestly, it is such an overwhelming sense of responsibility that I wish I weren't called to that. Um, yeah, totally. But I I believe I have this gift, and so it's not just a good idea. Yeah, sure. Identifying people's purpose is also a good idea because it makes people feel good. But how does it fit, since you and I are both Christian, how does it fit in God's overall plan for the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. interiorly, yeah, you and I, the people that we're around, and we're kind of going off on a tangent, but this is really important. We are all our own like mini Jerusalem where our walls have been torn down by the stories we've told ourselves, the tor- stories other people have told our told us, and the, the weeds that we've allowed into mm. our life. yeah. And we are uniquely positioned individually to do the work. We're, no one else can do it for us. No one else can really yeah. till the soil, remove the rocks, pull the weeds to let the seeds of, of greatness come to fruition inside of us. But we are positioned to ask the right questions of people. and And I believe that that I've, I'm called to do that, and I'm trying to figure out like the vision behind that and how to like take it step by step. Because right. my problem, the, the way I'm typically wired, it's not not a problem. I'm a go getter. I initially I get an idea and I'm off to the races. Like, and there's a whole bunch of garbage that gets left in my way, right? So I'm so I'm following Andy's advice in this book, and I'm slowing down. I'm I'm going slow so that I can go fast. I'm doing the the digging, the investigating, the the soul searching so that I can really build a a foundation so that I can actually cast a vision instead of when the Lord told me, when God told me, hey, Mike, you're going to marry Lisa. And the next day, I basically told everybody in the world that I was going to marry Lisa, who's now my wife. But at that time, she didn't know that she wanted to marry me. So... You know, I rushed a little bit, you know, and it got to be a problem. <laughs> Everything worked out fortunately. Yeah. But it goes all the way back to to my birth. This is how I came into the world. God said Mike Flynn is going to be created and born, I decided to come 5 weeks early, you know. So it's That's just my awesome that you know. I love it. I love but it. You, you got to read that book, reread it cuz it's so so powerful. And the,
0: the definition that Andy actually uses is it's a mental picture of what could be fueled? Oh, what by could the, be and should be. What could be and should be fueled by the passion that it should be. So it's 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 essentially the a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the
1: conviction that it should be, and that it fits in mm-hmm. with that the time is right. You know. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm as you can hear in my voice, I'm like jazzed up by it, but it's daunting also. Like when you like when you and like I want it the what I what I am creating with God's grace, I want to be so accessible to everybody that it's just stupid, you know, and I'm figuring out how to like how to do that. Um but uh, anyway, we could talk a little bit more about that. Um what risk have you taken that's pushed you to the razor edge of your comfort zone throughout your career?
0: Throughout. Okay. So what risk? I would say that i have I have a a go to default of like risking and betting it all on myself, and so my default a lot of people they get their eye off the ball where they 'll risk on other people 's businesses or they 'll want to invest in another person 's idea or whatever, or like they get afraid or they 're led by fear and they don 't actually believe that they can create what they 're capable of creating um, my my default is like, dude. I know that I'm capable of creating whatever I put my mind to, and I've, I've like, you know, I put up a hundred thousand dollars to put an event on that I didn't even know anybody would come out to, and we ended up making, you know, a quarter million dollars uh, after uh, at, at the end of the event, which is great. Um, <clears throat> but like, if if that event didn't go well, it would have really, you know, h- hindered the business when I first started my virtual practice. Um, I just was making enough to pay the bills each month. In fact, we had credit card debt at the end of the year um, and we weren't paying off our student loans. Um, so the next year, I mean, we, we f- were figuring things out, things were moving in a better direction. And, you know, we really created a lot of excellence in the business and we're starting to become profitable. So, you know, sometimes it, it just takes a belief in yourself, even though like for a year we weren't making good money um you know for, for for like that that few months where i was doing that big event i didn't know if it would actually come through i didn't know if it was going to be successful there was uh there's this this belief in yourself and i think bootstrapping investing back in yourself is like the best thing that you can do which is why people should really be investing in the, themselves from a health perspective because if if they have the capability of transforming people's You know, lives and building a bigger, better business. They should be investing into them themselves because that will return more than any other investment that they could be making. um, You know, uh, possible. You know, making it in their in their lives. So,
1: absolutely, yeah, and that perfectly segues into some of the tactical things that people can do this year. To maintain peak performance. And so, you know, we're entering, we're, we're finishing the holidays. People have gone completely off of the bandwagon for the last few weeks, likely the majority of Americans in particular. Uh, you know, and we're entering 2018 with this renewed enthusiasm. And we're gonna get after it, we're gonna hit the gym, and we're gonna eat healthy. So, what, you know, are some of the the things that we can do to set our minds and our bodies up for sustainable success. In 2018,
0: yeah, the key word that you used is sustainable, and and there's a difference between being successful in a short-term attainable way, and then there's a difference between being successful in a long-term sustainable way. And so, you know, really, there's two main pieces of of advice to create success this year. The first is to um, is to really focus on just one thing, right? If you want to. Uh, change your diet, go to the gym and, you know, and get better sleeps at night. I mean, it's great for you to like, you know, work towards doing all of that, but you should really put your energy in one of those three things. Like, man, I've just really been only getting five to six hours sleep a night and I need to get like seven to eight. So I'm going to commit to going to bed I'm going to set my alarm at 30 minutes earlier. I've got a, you know, a nighttime routine and I've got a morning wake up routine, uh, which includes drinking like half a liter of water or something like that. So, you know, that's, that's good. And you focus on that, you nail your sleeps, and then you move on to working out. It doesn't mean that you don't not work out. It's just that you're focused on winning in one area. And then once you've won, you've created a habit, then you move on to another area because the, the reason why people get overwhelmed is that we only have a certain amount of willpower. We can only do a certain amount of, uh, of things before we, our, our willpower tank ends up getting empty, according to BJ Fogg, Fogg from Stanford, who's a habit um, transformation uh, uh, researcher. So what, what we know is that if you can pick a low-hanging habit, really get clear on what that looks like, and then put your energy around building that habit. It may take you, you know, you know, seven days. It may take you fourteen days to build that habit. Then you can move on to the next habit that might be a little bit more, you know, arduous. And maybe that habit it's a big habit, like it might be exercising or eating healthy. And that habit might take sixty days or sixty six days to to form. And so you do that, but you have to understand the, the, that habits form. And like small habits, they can form within a few days. But the average habit actually gets formed over sixty-six days, and it's not practical to pick more than you know the implementation of two to three habits at a time, or excuse me, one to two habits at a time.
1: Yeah, that's why I think also this you know the the, the jumping into the fad diets is a, is a uh, is a a big hazard for a lot of people. Like you know all of a sudden I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do the keto diet tomorrow and, you know, or intermittent fasting, you know, I mean, all of these fuzzy diets, you know, it's just practical, it's going slow to go fast, right? Yeah. It's going slow for the sustainable thing. So, so, you know, typically people end up like being really disciplined for the first, let's call it 66 days, but then like, you know, that, that willpower does get drained. What are some, some telltale signs? That we should be cognizant of, as it relates to when our bodies are, when we're pushing our bodies beyond what we should be in terms of the grind and the hustle, and
0: yeah, it's unfortunately a lot of the signs that you probably already have right now. Like they're waking up tired, they're having midday, you know, fatigue. They're um, looking for stimulants like coffee or Red Bull throughout the day. There, oh man, I just need that sugar. It's like a need versus like it's something that I just enjoy every once in a while. Um, you know, it's 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 the the skin problem that keeps coming back. It's the uh, it's the achiness in your joints or in your tendons or ligaments. It's the dry eyes. It's the brain fog. It's the you know the pain in your back. You know, there's so many symptoms that that pop up. Yeah, which which is why i think the second point that i was going to make the first one was like make it realistic and 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 attainable uh, which is number 1 But number two you you've got to go public with it what i mean by that is like you know to to create more stickiness to what you want to create moving forward is you know po- post it on social media tag all your best friends uh, on what you're wanting to commit to and and, and and throw it out there because that creates a lot of accountability. And um, and then finding like just one person that you respect, you like, and you trust that you can share your results with and, and your progress with um, on a regular basis, maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks or something like that.
1: That is; Those are two incredibly powerful uh, pieces of advice, especially making it small and achievable, not something too big. Because change is, is challenging, and it's the transition that really uh, that that makes people afraid. So if you make it small, they're going to be uh, more likely to actually do it. And then the whole accountability thing. I, I personally, I'm going I'm going one of my goals is to uh, monitor my intake of what I what I do uh, eat every day at every meal, and I will I will share that publicly. And I'll tag you in it on social media my picture of my measuring my my food in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, uh, you man. Know, I know we're, uh, we're coming up on uh, on an hour here and I want to be sure to honor your time. There are three questions that I ask of every, every guest at the end of the show. And before we do that, I want to make sure that we give our audience the opportunity to connect with you online and learn more about your services. Sure, yeah. So if you go to elevays.com, E-L-E-V-A-Y-S,
0: E-L-E-V-A-Y-S. I got the name from um, asking myself the question, what is the ultimate that I want for the people I'm serving? And it's Elevated uh, Days. It's like elevated every every day of their life is elevated. And um, and Elevated Energy, Brain Function, you know, uh, Vitality, uh, Internal Physiology, Disease Prevention. So that's where we got Elevase from. If you go to elevase.com, you can click on you know the consulting tab or uh a, a programs tab or something like that, and you can learn about how to apply to work with us.
1: I love it, so the first of the three questions is if you could pick any skill set that you currently possess, so this is a skill you already have, but now you can turn it into a superpower. What skill would that be?
0: I would say that would be um public speaking, yeah. I would, I'm already really, really good at public speaking. And I think that there's just another level of storytelling of, of, of connection with the audience, you know, of voice inflation of, um, of speaking from my chest versus my throat. Like there, there's so much there that I already know that I, that I'm, I'm, uh, that's, that's possible for me to access. So I would say that or connections because I'm a connector. I love connecting
1: people. Yeah, yeah, me too. I love connecting people. What are you practicing uh, with, with someone on the speaking side of things?
0: Um, I have a few courses and uh, Marisa Murgatroyd is somebody that I was speaking to her mastermind a couple of days ago. And uh, my voice went hoarse after like two hours of training her, 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 uh, her team. And she's like, okay, I got to teach you what my voice coach taught me. So <laughs> she's she's going to be probably helping me out with some of
1: that. That's awesome. <laughs> what are two or three lies that we tell ourselves that prevent us from realizing our potential? Yeah, that's great. Um,
0: two or three. So one would be that I can't do it. Um, Cause you just, just the question, the questions you ask will determine the, the, the quality of answers that you get. And so really, it's just a matter of the questions that you ask. Like, how am I going to create global health transformation? Well, I need to, to meet influencers in this space. Well, who are the influencers? I start reading up on influencers in the space online. And then <clears throat> the next uh, week, I'm at a restaurant and this billionaire who sold WebMD.com for $7.6 billion is sitting right next to me. I would have never known that he was even in existence in that restaurant had I not asked myself that question. And now we're on regular walks in the park and become really good friends. So that is a question. And we're having conversations about global tra- health transformation. And he's built a business that's now valued at around $1.5 billion in the course of three years in the health space, innovating like crazy and shaking it up to the point where everyone in America is going to be affected in the next little while. And hopefully some of that came from us, like our brainstorms
1: together. Wow. That's powerful. So, so lie number one is I can't do this. Yeah,
0: I can't do this. And number lie, lie, number two is that I'm not loved or I don't matter. You know, like, like I know that that's crazy, but like we oftentimes, even myself, like when it comes down to like, what are the challenges that I'm dealing with? It's like, yeah, there's insecurity it's just it comes down to insecurity but if you truly knew that you were loved and that you mattered then you would come from a place of abundance which i come from from the, for the majority of the of the time but you know it, it's it's like the the people are conditioned by society and like you said there's there's these walls that are torn down and and it's like you can't access the potential that you are capable of accessing Unless you have an understanding of the love that, you know, I believe God has for you and the, uh, the, the, the true like abundance that you have, that you have access to at all times.
1: Yeah. The word believe, the, the root word in that is, is leave. And that is a German rooted word which actually means love. So when you believe in yourself, you love yourself. And when other people believe in you, um, they love you. So somebody asked me really recently, when do you feel most loved by my by your wife? And I said when she expresses that she believes in me. Because ah. That is because you're loving someone. You're you're lo- you are being loved and you are loved. And I totally that's a profound answer. You know the the last question is is from the title of a book by a guy named Clay Christensen, and and it's how will you measure your life? <laughs> how will you measure? your life.
0: I think, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I'd, I'd say by the number of people that the global health transformation that I've started with other people have, has impacted. And obviously the goal is to be in like the billions of, of people by the time I pass. Um, however, if, if, if you were to ask me now, you know what you are, I would say it's the legacy that I leave for my kids and the, example that I am to them. So it's not about necessarily the amount of lives that I'm impacting. It's the it level of integrity that I live my life with that impacts the the the, the confidence and the capabilities that, that, that are inside of my my kids that that then would 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 pass on the the visionary level of thinking that I have to them to be able to like create an even bigger impact in the world. I love so, it's, it. it's all about legacy creation and leadership.
1: Yeah, I love it. Dr. Isaac Jones, thank you so much for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I cannot wait for our audience to take action and be not only healthy, but also more wealthy physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally throughout 2018. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you to this week's guest, and thank you for listening. If you missed any of the key points and highlights from my conversation, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash podcast for show notes to each and every episode. And while you are there, check out Flynn Wealth Strategies and Insurance Solutions. You can do that by visiting FlynnWealthStrategies.com the Lawton Marketing Group, and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them and with all of their support. Now, until next time, go make an impact.